Blessings to each of you this morning, in the name of Jesus. Good to be here in his vineyard today, and I trust we're each laboring cheerfully. The, um, I was thinking a little bit about that Sunday school lesson. It was kind of a difficult one in some ways. But um, do you think in glory there's going to be any squabbling about who gets which mansion? I don't think so. By the grace of God, if we make it there, we'll just be glad to have made it there. It's probably why this songwriter, and I I think I understand the reason for the songwriter writing that song about, um, I don't know the exact words, but something about just build me a little cabin in glory land. And I think the, the connotation of that song is, um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song, but the connotation of that song is, though, that we'll just be glad to have gotten there. We don't even need a mansion. We'll just, you know, just to be, to be there, to be at rest. That's, um, that would be blessed. So I think this morning, I was, it's important for us to think about that. You know the righteous there at the feet of Christ in Judgment Day when he said, you know, come ye blessed of my Father because of all these things that you've done. And they said, when did we do all those things? They weren't doing it for reward. They were doing it out of love and service. And um, they didn't keep track of how many hours they served that day. Or what it was, they just did what needed to be done. And I think that should be true of us today as well. Turn with me to John chapter 10. I'd like to um, think about some verses here in this passage. You'll recognize it as, we call it sometimes, the passage related to the, the Good Shepherd. These are going to be simple truths that I share with you this morning, words of Jesus, but simple in the sense it's easy for all of us to understand. I've entitled the message this morning, The Voice of the Shepherd, The Voice of the Shepherd. John chapter 10, I'd like to read the first 16 verses, and then focus some on this passage as well as a few other passages. John 10 verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth in by the door into the sheepfold entereth not in, not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear their voice. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, 
and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Just a thought here in verse 16. We may not come back to this later. You think about the um, possibly Jesus most likely referring to the Gentiles. You and I were those other sheep which were not of this fold right here now, the Jews. And Christ says, I'm going to bring them in too. I'm going to uh, I'm going to bring them in. They're going to hear my voice. And there will be one fold and one shepherd. You have the um, beautiful picture. You go to um, Ephesians and other of the epistles. And notice that great mystery solved of how God was going to bring the Gentiles and Jews together into a single family and united and into one fold because there is one shepherd. So this morning we think about this relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, our shepherd. We like to think about the voice of the shepherd. Now, before we get into the um, spiritual applications, I'd like to give the introduction or the background of this account, which you probably well know. Um, I don't consider myself a shepherd um, by any means. Naturally, I cared for sheep. My father had a flock of 400 sheep for some time years ago. And um, so I was involved with that in my teenage years, um, shearing sheep, lambing, time, uh, feeding, uh, stitching them up when they were cut, you know, yeah, just the stuff, the things that go along with, with taking care of a flock of sheep. And I may refer to a few things along the way about that. But in this particular account, the, the cultural setting is a little bit differently, and, and it's some different word pictures that we have here. So depending on what time of year it was and where they were keeping their flocks, they would keep the sheep in an enclosure or, or a sheepfold, as it is referred to here, uh, overnight many times to keep them safe. Often the old sheepfolds were made of rock walls with a gate. I often think of it, we go up the lake here um, towards Sirdar, and there's that little uh, place on the right-hand side that um, there's a lot of rocks in that hillside, and they have all these little stone walls. I just love to see that. It just reminds me of pictures of, of um, the Jewish, not only the Jewish... Um, Areas there, some of those deserts where they, you know, built the walls out of rock. There's that also that little farm 
down on the lower road with, a lot, with rock walls. Um, can remind you of pictures of England as well. But you, you picture that, you know, where they had these rock enclosures where they kept the sheep uh, during the night. And um, often the, um, they, you know, they had a gate or an opening. And um, what they would do is they would bring their flocks at night and put them in there if they were not up in the, on the higher levels on pasture. But they would bring them there. And sometimes they would take turns or hire someone to look after the flocks at night to keep them safe and have a shepherd there, or the shepherd would do it himself. It is sometimes said that um, the um, the shepherd or the the keeper of the sheep at night, um, here it's like it calls him the porter in verse 3. Uh, he was there uh, looking after the sheep at night, multiple flocks. <coughs> And um, a lot of times, or sometimes, the shepherd would actually sleep laying across the opening there to the enclosure. That way, if anything tried to get in or the sheep tried to get out while he was awakened, um, that was sort of, again, a cultural thing. And that's why you probably have in verse 7, you know, where Christ says that I am the door of the sheep. And then he also, um, you know, so he was a shepherd, and then he says, I'm the door. And it's interesting here that Jesus probably alternates between these word images uh, because he fulfills more than one role. I mean, he's a shepherd. He's also the door. And um, so uh, we, we can understand that. Now, sometimes there would be multiple flocks kept in a larger, this larger areas, a sheepfold or like we would call them a corral. And then they would need to separate them in the morning because... Uh, before they led them, uh, their flocks out out to pasture. And so they'd have all these different flocks all mixed together in this enclosure. And uh, so, but there was a way to sort them very easily. And that's the context here where the shepherd comes and calls his sheep and they recognize his voice because they were used to him. He was the one that took care of them. And so he would make his call, their names or whatever, however he would do that. There's various ways to do it. And those sheep would respond and come toward him. And that's where you could separate multiple flocks, just by a shepherd calling his own sheep. They recognize his voice. And, and sheep are naturally very responsive to the voice of the one who takes care of them. That's, that's one of the, the, the native... Um, relationships or nature of a sheep. <coughs> now the story is told, this goes back to the uh, earlier days in England. England, of course, had a lot of sheep, maybe still does, some at least. But um, there was two farmers side by side that were both sheep farmers. And the one, um, the one sheep farmer realized that he, had, he was missing sheep. And he says that they, it said they were over on his on the neighbor's side of the fence, but the neighbor disputed it. He said, "No, they're they're my sheep." And so it ended up this uh, quarrel went all the way till it came before a judge. And um, and so they came before the judge, and the judge listened to both these men's arguments. You know that they both claimed these sheep. 
And he couldn't sort it out. He, he just didn't know what, um, how to prove. No one could prove whose sheep they were. Until he, uh, the judge told them, he said, I want you to bring those sheep that you're squabbling over and bring them into the courtyard here beside the, the uh, court courthouse and we'll deal with this further tomorrow. So that's what they did. They brought the two, or the flock there, the, the sheep that were in dispute. And then the judge said to the first man who claimed them, said that they were with his flock, they were his sheep. He said, you go out, I want you to go out and call, call them to the gate. And he went out to the gate and called, his, called these sheep. And they ran the other way. They ran away from him. So then the judge said, all right, I want the other man to go and stand by the gate and call those sheep. And so he did. And the sheep came right toward him. The judge said, that's the owner of the sheep. Simple story, but it illustrates, you know, how sheep are. And I, I know that's, that's how they are. You could, um, they got to know you. They recognize your voice, who you are, and you could call them. And so that is what Jesus is referring to here when he says, you know, that they're separating these flocks. The shepherd comes in the morning. He calls his sheep. Those sheep come out. The rest are, are stay there till the next shepherd comes and calls his sheep out. Remember also that sheep are led. They're not driven by the shepherd. They're led. Um, you drive cattle and other um, livestock, but, um, but sheep are primarily led. And, <clears throat> and that is um, uh, very, very clear. If you've handled sheep at all, um, you understand that and know that. And so that's the context now for Jesus' words here in this passage in relation to him being the good shepherd. Now I'd like to think for a little bit about who is this shepherd and why is he good? If you're thinking about the voice of the shepherd, so who is this shepherd and why is he good? Jesus said here that I am the good shepherd. He says that in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Also in verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. So here Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. I think it's in the context. <coughs> it's in the context of the previous chapter when he was being reviled by the Pharisees, by the religious leaders. And um, and they, um, oh, you go back to uh, chapter 9 and verse 30, like verse 33, if the, the Pharisees here were saying, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. Um, sorry, that, that were those who were defending Christ. But earlier it says they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, we are Moses' disciple. That was the blind man there. And so they were, they were against Christ, and they were pushing back. And um, the, um, uh, verse 40, the, some of the Pharisees which were with him heard those words and said unto him, which is to Jesus, Are we also blind? Jesus saith unto them, If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. 
But now ye see, or now ye say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. And from there he launches into this whole idea of being the good shepherd. In contrast to these religious leaders who were supposed to be shepherds in Israel, but they were not good shepherds. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Now, you think further in relation to this, Christ is not only our shepherd, but he's also our creator. And that is an interesting side to it as you think about it and his understanding of us as his sheep. Now, I'd like to go to verse 3 and just notice here what he says. Verse 3, where he says, he, And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. The thought here is, that he calls them by name. Calls them by name. How often do you think about the fact that Jesus knows your name? We know each other's names, unless we're strangers. There's an identity. It's personal. But do you think this morning... In relation to Christ saying, I am the good shepherd. Christ says, I know your name. Whatever your name is, I know your name. Just as every sheep is different from all others, so we each are different and special in the eyes of our shepherd. This morning... Again, a simple truth, but one so encouraging and so strengthening for us, for me, for each of us, that Christ has that intimate knowledge of us. He says, I know your name. It shows his personal interest in each of our lives. I think it also shows his personal care for each of us. He knows us. Like a a good shepherd knows his sheep. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. He knows our history. He He knows our scars, our bruises. He knows our life through and through. And he can give us personal care. What does Psalm 23 say? Thou anointest my head with oil. Personal care. You ever feel alone? Ever feel that no one understands you? Maybe a little depressed? Jesus knows. He said, I know, I know. You're my sheep. I know your name. And I and I, I'm gonna call your name. I call your name. I think it also points to the fact that he has personal plans for each of us. Knowing us through and through, he knows what his interest is in our lives as his sheep. And so this morning, let's go away from this service remembering our shepherd, our good shepherd, knows my name. He calls me by name. We're not just one of the masses. Even in the midst of a big, a huge flock of sheep, He knows us individually. 
It's one of the things I find, I don't know how you are, but I find very overwhelming in some of the big airports and cities, you know, and you think the masses of people and just one little person. But Jesus knows us, and he knows us personally. Let's take strength from that this morning. You and I are special to him. We are special to him. All the details of our life are known by him. Not only our past, I talked about that, our present, our future. He's the good shepherd. He says, I know my sheep. And the other thing that goes with this is that he will never forget you. He will never forget you. Isaiah 49, 16 Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. He will never forget us. He says, I've graven your name on the palm of my hand. Sometimes, it's probably not a good habit, but I don't have a piece of paper. I'll take my pen and I'll write something on my hand so I don't forget it. Christ says, I've, I've graven you there. I've, it's engraved there. It's permanent. This morning, to me, that's very precious. Anything we face in this pathway of life, it means that he is there and he knows. I'd just like to go next to this thought in verse 3 where it says he leadeth them out. Our good shepherd, he leads, he, he, he leads us out. He leadeth them out. He's called us. He knows us. Now he leads us out. Verse 4, I like too. It says he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. He goeth before them. This also is a very precious thought. When you think about sheep being led, and we talked about that in the natural sense, but Christ is saying, I'm leading you out, and I'm ahead of you. Anything we face in the pathway of life is not new to our shepherd, because he's out ahead of us. I, he says, he goeth before them. <coughs> There's been valleys in my life. I'm sure some of you, many of you would say the same. Pathways into valleys. Or pathways up steep hillsides, as it were. Pathways of difficulty where we have been led. Paths that we would never have chosen ourselves. But he goeth before them. He leadeth them. 
The request for us is to follow. He says, just follow my voice. Follow me. I'm ahead of you. This is the path I want you to take. Psalm 23 even says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Dark paths, difficult paths, yes. Sometimes we shrink from the valley of suffering and pain. But the important thing is this morning that we follow our shepherd. Follow our shepherd. His voice is leading. He's ahead of us. Psalm 23 also talks about thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Which I believe speaks of the protection and the security of these instruments that the shepherd uses to help us, to guide us, to protect us, to keep us on the path. You possibly have heard of how an, an eastern shepherd at times, where he has a lamb that, re, uh, that is, refuses to stay with the flock, it was always wandering off on his own into danger. Sometimes in those days, a shepherd would actually break the leg of the lamb and cast it, wrap it, so that the lamb was crippled for a time, so they would learn to stay with the flock and not go running off on his own. You think about that in relation to our good shepherd and what it takes sometimes for a chastisement or his help for us to teach us some of the harder lessons of life when we are not as responsive as we should be and he needs to get our attention I was wondering, too, about the staff. You know, the rod was primarily used, I think, for counting the sheep. They would use it as a, mark, as a marker, in a sense. It was also used as a protection from wild animals. The staff, usually you think of the, the, the crooked shepherd's staff that was used to guide and to pull back and to, to shepherd, as it were. I've wondered how many times in my life that I felt that crooked staff around my neck. You know, when I, had, when I became willful, can you think of times in your life when you've become willful, wanted to take your own way, and you felt that pull of the shepherd pulling you back, pulling you back into the flock, pulling you back in line when we're tempted to to stray and to to move away out of the protection that he wants to give us. Verse 9 also tells us that we are saved to find freedom and sustenance. He says, I am the door by me if any man enter in. He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. To be in Christ today is, number one, freedom. The freedom to go in and out. To respond to the shepherd and be under the control of the shepherd, be under the the security of the shepherd, to be under the discipline of the shepherd. But all of that is 
is freedom. When we are contented sheep to stay within the will of our shepherd. I remember sheep, some sheep, that did not act like sheep as much as a lot of others and sheep that they should have known that they were sheep, but they acted more like wild cattle or something. I remember some of those. Just try your patience. Always agitating and stirring up the flock and, you know, always the aggressive ones that were at the trough first and pushed the others away and butting heads and just just always stirring up trouble. But Christ wants us to be those contented sheep that are, find that freedom to go in and out and find pasture. You know, those youths that would just push and shove, thinking that they, they were only going to get, the, that there was only enough hay for them or for one. We were feeding the whole flock. We filled the whole trough, all 300 feet of it. There was enough for everyone. But they acted like they were starved and it was only all for them. They'd push into one place and after a while they'd go down the row and push some other sheep out of the way and go where they were eating, just trying to search along to find the best hay and the best feed and always agitating, not never content. Here Christ says we shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. There's enough pasture, there's enough sustenance for everyone. Contentment. Verse 10, he also gives life. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The abundant life is what Christ gives to those who follow him. Not just enough grace to get by. Not just enough to somehow make it to the end. And like maybe sometimes in our own lives, we feel like we're just kind of hanging on by a shoestring. No, it's, what, it's to be abundant life. All that, that Christ has for us. We don't need to worry about it running out. There's no dr- drought, as it were, or running out of, uh, out of uh, feed, as it were, running out of grass or hay. It's just, no, it's an abundant life. More than supplies our needs. And that's why it is so strange, as it were, and sometimes so sad for someone to think that the, that the supply that Christ gives us does not satisfy. We were traveling back from Abbotsford yesterday. My wife pointed out the side of the road. It was a, I didn't actually see it. She told me about it. Just saw it in passing. You know how the grass is starting to get a little green and some of the cows were out, some of the pastures there. And this one big cow had her head down under the fence. It looked actually very, my wife said very un- uncomfortable, but had her head through the, under the fence eating the green grass on the other side. But she was in a field of green grass. You know, but isn't that how, it's, it's human nature is that way. I mean, 
And sheep can be that way too, always looking for a hole in the fence, somewhere to get out and go somewhere else and <coughs> test another pasture. Not satisfied with what Christ supplies. Thinking that there's something else that, that was better on the other side. And, and find, you know, having that, that heart that is constantly longing and reaching out for the lifeless pastures of this world. Why would they do that? To leave a, a pasture full of green grass. And at times you see them on the outside, out in the dry, barren area. What does Psalmist say in Psalm 23? To be under that good shepherd, to be a faithful sheep. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy. You ever visit with an old saint of God who faced all the battles of life and now is to the end of life? You know, and just rejoicing in the goodness of God. You say, there, there's a picture of it. You know, goodness and mercy have followed that saint of God all the days of his life. Was it easy? Are there battle scars? Sure there is. But the grace of God, the power of God, the sustenance that Christ gives is abundant. Another reason we can trust this shepherd is, verse 11, says he giveth his life for the sheep. It's another reason that Christ says, I am the good shepherd. I give my life for the sheep. And really, you think about a shepherd, you think about you know the young David there out on the hills of Judea, there shepherding his father's sheep. You know, there's a sense in which, yes, he had to be willing to give his life for the sheep. You know, there was a, a, a lion and a bear came, and he had to face them with the power of God, he, with his sling, and he, and he slew them. But his life was on the line, as it were. He had to be ready to give his life for the sheep. And Jesus is saying, that's who I am. I love my sheep. I'm committed to my sheep. I'm committed to being that good shepherd to the point that I'm going to give my life for the sheep. We have that in verse 15, as well as, as earlier. But in verse 15 especially, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Down in verse 17, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. He's saying, I'm the good shepherd, because I'll give even my life's blood to save my flock. And so this morning, it tells us something of the love of Christ that he has for us. And we, and we are so protected by him, because he gives everything he has for our eternal good because of his love for us. Closing, I'd like to think for a little bit about what kind of sheep are we. We've crisscrossed this question somewhat several times throughout the message. But you think about the voice of the shepherd where he, where he says in verse 3, And the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. What kind of sheep are we? 
Now we can go back to verse 1, and he talks about those who climb up some other way. And they say, he says there, they are the, the same as a thief and a robber. Try to climb up some other way. There's a popular saying today, you hear sometimes, nominal Christianity, that there's many ways to God. Many ways to find Christ, many ways to find God, many ways to heaven. Is that true? No, it's not true. That'd be like those who climb up some other way. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and I'm the door. By me, through this door, you will be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you try to climb up some other way, you're a thief and a robber. You're under the, the judgment of God. And so today there are, there are ways in which people try to climb up some other way, find their way into the sheepfold. <coughs> As it were, try to find another way of being, being a, a sheep in the flock of Christ. But he says, there's only one way. I am the door. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so this morning, let's be sure that we have settled that in our hearts and minds. There is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. We must deal with Christ. He is the shepherd. He is the door. We once had a ram, a young ram that we had raised. Um, Nice ram. But this ram... in his growing up years, learned some really bad habits. Um, I guess I'm thinking of two, there's a couple stories of rams, I guess, but this one I'm thinking of right now. Um, it develops some really bad habits. He, he was the smartest thing you probably ever seen on four hooves, especially when it comes to finding an opening in the fence. I don't, I don't know how many different things we tried, ways we tried to keep that, keep him in. We didn't use a lot of the page or our nice page where we have today, but it was a board fence, and and I think sometimes he must have just climbed right out over top of the fence. We couldn't always even figure out how he got out. Basically, it was always at night. We come back in the morning, and he was outside. But that didn't end well. I distinctly remember the morning we went out to feed the sheep and found what was left of his carcass. Because a wolf had been in that night. The ones that were inside the fence were fine. But he didn't fare so well. His freedom, in quotes, ended rather abruptly. You think about that in in life, in spiritual life. To stay under the protection of Christ. There's a carnal part of each of us that likes to push the fence sometimes. Just to see, you know, what the openings could be. What's on the other side? What's out there? Christ says, 
I'm the good shepherd. Don't try to climb some other way. Accept what I have for you. Accept this abundant life, this abundant pasture. And believe me, there's a wolf outside, or as we say, there's a roaring lion outside, spiritually. I'll never forget that. It just was, a, as a young person, it was just a, so okay, he loved his freedom, and now look at him. That didn't end too well. And you and I have seen other people do this. We have seen young people do this. You know, didn't want the restrictions of being in the fold of Christ and kept pushing and find themselves outside and outside and, yes, the inside and then outside and, and finally, they're gone. They suffer the fate of their own push for freedom, as it were. Well, verse 4 here says, they know his voice. And this is coming full circle, as it were, to what we, where we started. When we're thinking about the voice of the shepherd. And when he putteth forth his own, in other words, he's calling his flock out, the enclosure, the corral. Putteth forth his own sheep. He goeth before them. He starts walking, calling them. They start coming out of the corral from the other uh, flocks of sheep that are there. Goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They know his voice. And so the question for us today is, as his sheep, do we know and obey his voice, the voice of our shepherd? Do we understand what it means for Christ to speak to us? Do we understand what it means for Christ to call us and to the, for, the, uh, for that surrender and that following of him in the path of life? Verse 14, he says, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep. We talked about that. But it also says here, and am known of mine. In other words, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. There's that relationship to hear the voice of the shepherd. And also in verse 5, it says, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So they know his voice, and they reject the voice of a stranger. And I would like to say this morning to us, as sheep in the pasture of Christ, the better we know his voice, the voice of our shepherd, the better we will have the discernment of the stranger's voice. And I would say in today's world, there are more voices than ever before that are at our fingertips, that are available to us books and recordings and podcasts, and you go down the list, there's, there's just hundreds and thousands, millions of voices and religious voices. And I'm challenged, and I'm going to challenge each of, of you this morning, whose voice are we listening to? Yes, I, there's, it's good to listen to other messages and sermons, and I, I enjoy that too. But, do, brothers and sisters, we must have the discernment. And we're going to only have discernment as we know the voice of our shepherd. And he has given us his voice. It's right here. 
These are his eternal words. This is what we're going to be judged by the last day. Do we know our Bible good enough to pick up those little slights of doctrine and those little heresies that, that people can sneak in to their, to their ideas and their thoughts? I remember years ago, this is, I think it was what happened before I was a Christian, so before I was 14, I'm not sure exactly what year it would have been, in the probably mid-70s, early 70s, mid-70s. I remember in a congregation, one of our congregations in another district where I grew up, there was um, a brother there who came into the church and um, all seemed well. There was sometimes a few questions about some of his doctrinal views in relation to Calvinism, but it never seemed to be too too serious, just, just that question or something every once in a while. But what was not known at the time was that he was going around and visiting with other brother in the congregation, he got a, He was a very persuasive kind of, kind of person. He got a bit of a following, and he took a, a chunk of that congregation totally into Calvinism, out of the church. And it almost happened before most of the congregation realized what had happened. Somebody wasn't following the voice of the shepherd, you see. They allowed, as it were, a stranger, stranger not because they didn't know him, but a stranger because it was strange doctor from what the shepherd had said. And he basically taught them that once you found Christ, it didn't matter how you lived. You were still a Christian. And Christ would still accept you regardless. I just use that as an illustration. And I think that we need discernment. We need to understand... The voice of our shepherd, the voice of the scriptures. We need more discernment than ever in understanding, like I said before, those little deviations from truth that can happen. We need each other and the help of a brotherhood to also discern some of those things that when we start to, to stray ourselves, that we have that, that protection, that help. And so there are many voices all around us calling for our attention, let's know his voice. Let's know his voice so distinctly that whenever a str- the stranger's voice comes to us, we immediately recognize it as not the voice of our shepherd. Do we understand and know the voice of our shepherd in personal life, you know, in our, with our conscience, through the Holy Spirit, that he's given to us, as well, of course, in church life. Or this morning, are we a wandering sheep? You know, are we satisfied with the the pastures, the life that God, through Christ, our shepherd, has for us? You know, we all have been wandering sheep. Isaiah 53 says, For all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Our shepherd died, shed his blood for us to redeem us, because all of us have gone astray. First Peter 2.25, For ye were as sheep going astray, 
but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. There we have that returning to Christ, the one who cares for us, our overseer, as it were, who looks after our spiritual well-being. And so this morning, are we content, sheep? Are we satisfied to be in the pastures where God has placed us? Or are we the kind of sheep that is just always agitating others, budding others, challenging others? Are we the kind of sheep that are always looking for a loophole in the fence, find our, our own way? I'm sure this morning all of us can think of times in our life where we have been there. I've been there. I've done those things. and have had to repent. May God help us again this morning to just think about our shepherd, his voice, and we're listening to it, keenly aware of it, consciously making those efforts to follow his will and way for us. May God bless us as we continue, each of us, to do that. Let's kneel to pray. Father, we thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. And we also thank you, Father, for our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep who redeemed us through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Thank you, Father, for his desire to save each of us. Father, may we each respond in a positive way to the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, where we need that rod and that staff, that correction, that guidance, help us to accept it. That you won't have to break our leg spiritually to get our attention, that we would be faithful sheep in your pasture. We know, Father, that you've given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We don't need to look for anything out in the, the, the dry pasture of this world. So, Father, help us, empower us, motivate us as, as your faithful people to continue faithful in all the things that you desire, the paths of life that you take us, even though at times it may be dark valleys that you want us to walk through, or there may be the beautiful sunshine of the spring pastures that you want to feed us. Father, we just pray each of us might be faithful in following our dear Lord wherever he takes us in our lives. Bless us and keep us. We ask in the name of Christ. Amen.